Non-Monogamy Help is a podcast where your questions about open, non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships are answered. Our host, Lola Phoenix, will consult a licensed therapist with over a decade of experience to address your problems. Names and locations have been changed or censored to keep your questions anonymous. You're listening to Non-Monogamy Help, the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast. I'm Lily Phoenix. Please send your questions to nonmonogamyhelp at gmail.com and either be read in the podcast or the column anonymously. If you would like to read the columns and listen to the podcast, you can go to nonmonogamyhelp.com. Subscribe to our newsletter by going to go.nonmonogamyhelp.com forward slash email and follow us on Twitter at nonmonogamyhelp and also on Instagram. If you would like to support the columns in the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Even $1 a month helps support the daily running of the columns in the podcast, and it just shows, shows me, rather, a general vote of support, and you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash Lola Phoenix. And of course, if you donate $5 or more a month, your name, with your permission, will be read at the end of the podcast. We do also have a additional tier of support in the podcast if you're interested in one-on-one advice and things of that nature. Let's get to this week's discussion question. If this is the first time you're hearing an episode, every week before I read the letter, I put forth a discussion question that you can use with your friends, partners, or anyone else to get to know them a little bit more. I also try to answer it myself briefly to give you a little bit of context. This week's discussion question is, what do you prefer to do when you find yourself overwhelmed with emotion? I think this is a really important thing to think about because this is quite often the time when we find ourselves kind of unsure of of how to kind of navigate situations. And when you're kind of overwhelmed with emotion, I think you're really caught off guard about, you know, how should you go about this? Who should you display your emotion in front of? Especially if you come from environments where people have kind of like slammed things around you or thrown things around you because that... I've always grown up and and learned that that is like an intimidation thing. So when I find myself quite overwhelmed with emotion, I really, really hesitate to show that to anybody because I don't want to intimidate anybody and I get scared that if I do show emotion that it, it is intimidating. And quite often as a person who is on the autistic spectrum, sometimes like having like a way to physically release my feelings is really really important but I'm not necessarily trying to intimidate other people and I need to find a really better way of doing that because I've done stuff like go in the other room and punch something and that isn't really helpful to me but it is something that just sometimes I don't know how to explain it like when you're on the spectrum you can just kind of need to get rid of this burst of of kind of energy and emotion and it's quite difficult so i think for me i definitely am trying to learn when to step back to step away to have a walk i think there is a very great underestimation of how important taking a walk can be when you are just you know that you're not in a good place because when you are not in a kind of when you're in an emotional place you really can't think properly like you really can't and you're going to find it hard to feel empathy for other people you're going to find it hard to feel empathy for yourself so you really really do have to just take a step away walk it off (laughs) basically and that is really really important and I've been trying to do that more instead of trying to push the emotion down and overcome it by thought it's just like no I feel emotion I need to like take a step back so yeah Let me repeat the discussion question. Hopefully I will repeat it correctly. 
What do you do when you find yourself overwhelmed with emotion? Let's get to this week's letter. I'm really struggling with the feeling of being trapped and forced to comply with my nesting partner. I'm also dealing with jealousy and resentment, feeling that there is a great inequality in our relationship. I feel rather trapped and like I'm told to deal with it or leave. We have been together for five years. We have kids and have been active in the BDSM and kink community since we started dating. The thing that I feel is holding me back within our relationship is the polyamory aspect. My partner, M, and I agreed to start exploring non-monogamy and sex with others. We had a few good times and successes with this. We agreed that we were unicorn hunting a bit unknowingly, and that was okay for a while. It was agreed that we would continue exploration and agreed that I would work on myself and my partner would be okay to sleep with others. We stopped unicorn hunting. I made the point of expressing that I would like to see others as well, but did not chase that because of the fear of upsetting my partner and to work on myself. She has a lot of insecurities around me seeing others, and I'm trying to avoid triggering her. I didn't bring up my wants and desires for fear of hurting her. M went on a number of dates and had casual flings with some other men, and I felt lots of compersion and was okay with these encounters. I used to feel lots of compersion, and this is the point where I feel the compersion or happiness for me stopped. There's been a progression of this for a number of years. I had hoped out of it all that it would bring both of us freedom and the openness that we both want in our relationship. I also hoped that it would bring a kind of intimacy. M started dating A about a year ago. I had initially understood that they would be sleeping together casually. I was okay with this and allowed them to meet in our home. Their first real date had me really apprehensive and I had mixed feelings about them being in our home. At this time, I didn't know my own boundaries and it was really difficult for me to figure them out. We discussed it and I took one of our kids out for the day while they had some time alone. I worked on keeping myself occupied and non-emotional, however, as the hours wore on, I grew more and more upset and anxious and angry, for lack of a better word. I was flooded with emotions. I remember hitting my steering wheel for no reason as I was flooded with emotion. M sent me a message after A left and asked if I was okay. I told her I was not and headed home. I fell to pieces when I got home. I could not go anywhere near our bedroom and I couldn't stop crying. I had no idea why. I eventually built up the courage to go in, but still struggled. M held me tightly and we worked through the encounter. Their relationship progressed, always meeting at our house because of A's living situation in a shared house. They would sleep in the lounge on a mattress and I would sleep in our room while they met. At first, A would not stay all night and I was happy for M to come back to bed with me. Shortly after they started dating, we found out that we were expecting another child. We changed things around after I expressed that I felt restricted around not being able to access the rest of the house and I started sleeping in the lounge room on the mattress while they slept in the bedroom. The nights where A didn't stay, M woke me up and we went to bed together. This was okay for some time until my anxiety built up over time and I had an anxiety attack while they spent a night together in our room. I remember hyperventilating and getting very emotional as I felt them come out and M&A kissed at the front door within sight of the lounge room. I shouted and lost my cool and broke down after banging on the floor and shouting. I ended up at the hospital after M didn't feel we were both safe. M kept talking to me and kept communicating with me about their relationship and how it has changed and morphed into what it is now. Finding out that I don't fill all of her cups has really hurt me, and made me realize that she doesn't always fill all my cups. When I feel overwhelmed with emotion, I tend to keep bringing up that I am not allowed to meet other partners. I have made it clear to M that I would like to, but she feels that all of these emotional freakouts of mine in our past history has left her unable to trust me. We have had a lot of ups and downs in our relationship, mostly to do with myself. I've been diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder, I'm getting help with all of this, and have been having lots of successes with my treatment. I'm finding out who I am and feel that polyam is part of me, and I would like to understand and try it particularly around my own sexuality. 
I still feel flooded with emotions when I think about wanting to meet others. I feel physically sick to the point of almost vomiting. Even though M tries really hard to give me space and takes time to spend with me, I still feel kind of second best, even though we spend the majority of the time together. How do I cope with the feeling of inequality within our relationship? How do I allow myself to do what I want to do and communicate that effectively without triggering or hurting M? I'd also like to add that Emma's told me that she feels like I will just brush our relationship aside and put energy into new relationships rather than make our own stronger. I don't feel that this would be the case, however, I do understand because of the trust issues that we have. I feel that she won't or doesn't want to do the self-work to allow me to date others. Emma has told me that I am a tit-for-tat mindset and am only wanting something I don't have because she has it. I only want the freedom to explore myself and explore alternative relationships to fill some cups that Emma can't or ones that I don't know about. Before we get to this week's answer, I'm going to quickly plug this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. Quite often with a lot of my columns and podcasts, I encourage people to seek a polyamory-friendly therapist. And for a lot of people looking locally for a therapist that understands polyamory is very, very difficult, impossible, or potentially out of their budget. BetterHelp allows you to find therapists online that you can send messages to at any time of day, and they do offer some financial aid. You can get 10% off your first month by using the promo code NOMINOGAMYHELP or going to betterhelp.com forward slash help. Let's get to this week's answer. First and foremost, you say, how do I cope with the feeling of inequality? In my opinion, you shouldn't have to cope with inequality. At the very base of your relationship is a complete lack of trust. So it doesn't surprise me that you're having all of these emotional reactions or that you find yourself incapable or or just really struggle to control your emotions. You can't work from a basis of a complete lack of trust. M has no trust in you. And she not only doesn't have trust in you that you would respect her in terms of continuing an open relationship, but she also just doesn't like have trust that you understand your own needs. Like the fact that she sits there and tells you that you only want something because she has it means that she doesn't even trust that you you can know yourself well enough. And that's a really, really huge problem. It's extremely unfair. And I don't know what happened. You don't necessarily go into the details of why it got to this situation where she's allowed to date, but you aren't. And maybe there was some infidelity there. But even so, there has to be a basis of trust. And it's very, very unfair for her to expect that you can just have all the trust in her and she doesn't trust you at all working on yourself okay but what does that mean and and you know if there is if there is infidelity and if there is lying or cheating i absolutely understand someone being nervous and and finding you do have to rebuild that trust but it seems like you know this relationship with a has been a year i don't know you've been together for five years so maybe for at least two years there's been a period where m has been allowed to date whomever and and sleep with whomever but you haven't At what point did you both decide that this period would be over? There has to be some rebuilding and and some sign that this period will come to an end. But basically, every single time you have or show any kind of emotion, Emma's like, oh, see, you have emotions, therefore you can't date other people, which is just ridiculous. And anytime you complain about the the inequity that's going on, Emma just uses that against you, it seems like oh, well, you're a tit-for-tat person and you only want it because I have... That's just such bullshit. That's such bullshit. 
you know, your emotional outbursts are a thing and that is definitely something you can work on, but you are getting help with that. And also you are putting yourself in situations that are going to encourage you to have emotional outbursts. There are lots of people who are polyam and have been polyam for a long time who don't want other people that they're who don't want their metamors or other people their partners are dating in their bed or in their house that is not a bad boundary to have that doesn't mean you're incapable of polyamory maybe you don't want to be the third wheel in all of your partner's dates and there's nothing wrong with that and of course that makes you emotional that doesn't mean any like of course it makes you emotional especially if you're not allowed to date anybody like, that would make anybody emotional. Like, not only are you not allowed to date anybody, but you have to sleep in the living room while they're basic, probably having sex in the other room, or at some point they probably will be. Of course you're emotional about that. Of course. And I get, like, A is, is a shared living situation, and, and that genuinely sucks. I've been in situations where I've been with a partner, and we literally, like, don't even have a living room. We live in the in one room, and the living room or whatever is occupied by somebody else and there's no shared living space so there's nowhere for me to even go so I'd have to like find a hotel but them's the breaks that doesn't mean you're not allowed to have boundaries it doesn't mean you're not allowed to say hey actually you and A need to find a hotel room or A needs to move out of the shared living situation or something needs to happen that that doesn't mean you can't have these boundaries and like obviously they switched it up for you when you said I'm kind of trapped in the bedroom but there's more that could be done and and especially if you don't even get to sleep with other people or do that exploration yourself the second thing that's that's totally causing your emotions to freak out is the fact that i don't want to say that that m was dishonest but your initial thought of their relationship or it seems like what you agreed together to have is was more about casual sex than it was about relationships. And I don't know what kind of conversations you all had when you decided to open your relationship or decided to to go after this, but there is a very distinct lack of clarity of, of what the purpose of polyamory is, what it means to you both, what it is that you want. And so if you imagine that the relationship between M and A was going to be just a casual sex relationship and it's literally changing before your eyes into something more of a committed partnership, of course you were emotional about that. Of course you're freaking out about that because you don't understand what's going on and it doesn't necessarily sound like you and M are communicating about that. And you you haven't really sat down with each other and said, okay, we, we know we want to open our relationship, but how does that look? You know, what does that mean? Does that mean that, you know, certain nights are for, do you have anything that's scheduled and planned for you both? Or you, do you just assume that because you live together and spent, just because you share a lot of time together because you live together doesn't mean that's actually time together. That doesn't mean it's, it's like a date or it's, or it's devoted time together. It's very, very easy when you live with someone to get to a point where because they're around you all the time, you just assume that you're quote unquote together all the time. But being around someone doesn't mean that you actually are, are devoting quality time with them or, or you feel like you're actually, you know, with them in a way and it's very very easy to get sucked into that trap so what is polyam to both of you what are you interested in what is it about it that makes you want to try it and what do you mean by filling cups what is missing 
Because the thing of it is, is that polyamory is not about finding multiple unfulfilling relationships so that you reach a level of permissible stasis. And I say this multiple times because I think that a lot of people, and even myself, one of the first relationships that I was in, I felt really lonely and I thought, oh, I'm so polyamorous because like I'm with somebody, but I still want to date other people and I'm so lonely. It's because I wasn't necessarily getting what I needed from the relationships that I had. So are you are you wanting to date other people because you you aren't getting trust from from M? You aren't getting a base level of trust from M, so maybe that's making you want to find other people. So make sure that and and, and I completely understand people who feel like monogamy is not for them, who maybe have you know, an interest in sexual variety and, and that isn't something that monogamy can give them and that's fine. Is that what you mean though? Just make sure that you're not trying to supplement your relationship with other people because you shouldn't use polyamory to avoid a breakup. Two people can be polyamorous and not compatible. And just because you can date other people doesn't mean you should continue dating someone who doesn't fulfill you and who doesn't trust you. On a basic level, M doesn't trust you. And I'm sorry, like, if you had bad experiences together or if you did something wrong or, you know, and I understand the emotions that you've, you've displayed can kind of make M feel scared, but you both have to understand that you can't hide your needs or try to restrict each other just because emotions are there or you're worried about triggering each other. This new kind of way of, of going about things because polyamory for most people is a new thing. It isn't something they have a cultural script for. It isn't something that they necessarily are mentally prepared for, not because it's some type of expert level relationship, but because they've spent their whole lives in a society that has told them that monogamy is the only way to go. And monogamy, you know, love only means something if it's, if it's rare and you only have it with one other person. So you're fighting all of that and what you've been told, unless you've been raised in a different society that I'm ignorant of, you're going to be fighting that. You're going to be dealing with reestablishing a, a, a relationship with each other, a, a trust with one another. There's also an issue of childcare and how to balance that. So like, there's a lot to go through, but you need to be able to trust each other and be able to cope with the fact that this may make somebody else upset. If you, if you walk around eggshells around each other, like I feel like you are walking on eggshells around M. you don't want to tell her what your needs are because you're afraid she's going to get upset and she doesn't want to basically release this hold that you've agreed to be in because you have agreed to be in it because she's scared that you won't care about her. You have to trust each other. You have to trust that M is going to, if she says as a grown adult who wants polyamory, she says, I agree to polyamory. You have to be able to trust that she can take care of herself and she can take care of her emotions and that she is going to reach out when she needs it. And she has to trust that you are going to invest time in your relationship. This whole entire house that, you're built, that you've built together is on such a horribly unstable foundation that no wonder you were emotional. No wonder you're freaking out. It makes total sense. You're not freaking out because you're unable to handle polyamory. And I'm sure that, yeah, having mental health issues does absolutely make it easier for your nervous system to kind of go all out. But that, you know, 
even if you didn't have a psychiatric condition, I think you would still struggle in this situation because you're not being trusted and because you haven't had the basic level of understanding of what polyamory means to each other. So you don't know if you're necessary, like your brain, all of that emotional stuff and you trying to push it down and be like, I'm going to be unemotional and unaffected. No, 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 no. All of that emotional stuff is, is logical. All of that emotional stuff is designed to help you survive. Your brain right now is going, okay, we're with M, but M's with someone else. But this is supposed to be a casual relationship that's just about sex, but now they're acting like they're together together. What does that mean about you? And especially if you've grown up in a society that has told you that love is scarce, yada, yada, yada. And if she's ever tried to reassure you by telling you something like, oh, I'm only going to love you or you mean the most to me, that means there's one spot in M's life for the top partner. And so, of course, you're going to be freaked out about whether or not that spot is going to be taken, especially if you have children together. And so that brings up a whole other host of worries. So it absolutely makes sense that you're freaking out. So the first thing that you have to do is... I think if you can find a polyamory friendly couples therapist, I would definitely consider going to one together. But the first thing that needs to happen is there needs to be trust. Like enough with this, like you're not allowed to date anybody crap. The idea of pausing a, even if you've messed up, the idea of pausing open, being open so that you can work on yourself. If it's something that you have decided for yourself completely and you are saying, you know, I would like to wait to date other people, especially since you do have so much emotions about meeting other people. It's If it's a self-imposed, I am making the decision myself to not do this, then that's one thing. But if it's a rule within your relationship, then that she is then now saying that, you know, she doesn't trust you enough to, to no, no, that isn't going to work. You need to start from trust and so you both really need to have a conversation about the trust in your relationship and it is unequal and that isn't fair it just isn't even if you agree to it maybe you agree to something that was unfair and a lot of people do especially if they've made a mistake the second thing that you need to do if if she agrees and if she um but, but i i'm i'm very hesitant about her attitude towards you i'm very hesitant about the fact that she is telling you that you only want something because she wants it. Like that is very patronizing and that's very awful. It's awful. She shouldn't be telling you what it, it's so awful. No, she needs to be able to trust that you know yourself better than she does because you do. So you need to give yourself a little bit more credit and not let somebody else tell you stuff like that. Like don't tolerate that. Don't tolerate somebody else being like, oh, you only want, like, no, don't tell me what I want. And don't tell me what I, what you, I don't care about what you think that I want. I'm telling you, this is what I want. And you need to respect that. Like that is, that's not on, it's not cool. So if she, you know, maybe it was in the heat of the moment and it was something that she didn't mean to say. So if she's willing to, in the future, trust you, then that's one thing. Second thing I think that you all should do is really think about what, what your ideal setup looks like. I have a, an article called 13 Mistakes People Make When Trying Polyamory and also another article called 13 Things I Wish I'd Learned Before Trying uh, Non-Monogamy. And I would definitely, uh, you can find those at nonmonogamyhelp.com. I would definitely check those out and look at kind of the idea of setting up an anchor and figuring out both of you what polyam is to you, what kind of ideal life do you want? Because 
again, you can both be polyamorous, but both have very different ideas about how you want to do polyamory, and there's no one right way, and there's lots of different ways to do it. So you need to find out if you're actually compatible in terms of polyamory styles. So figure out your ideal setup, how you can compromise on that, what you're willing to compromise on, talk things like that through, and then think about the physicalities of it as well. If you say, okay, I would like us to have two dedicated nights together, this is how we'll handle childcare, things like that, then you know when she's out on dates with other people, you know at least you, you have that kind of anchor as well of, yeah, but we have these nights together, and that will help you. If, that, if there's no organization or idea of how polyamory is going to fit into your life, you're of course going to be freaked out. So stuff like that, finding your anchor and having a little bit more understanding of what you both want will make you feel a little bit calmer about it. I think the second or the third thing rather is you need to put some boundaries down around your shared living space. Clearly you're not in a position and, and this is totally fine. There needs to be some leeway about things just as if you wanted to bring someone home she she might also really struggle with that and that's fine you know being polyamorous is not about trying to get to some magical zen state where you're unbothered by everything like sometimes you're bothered by things and you know maybe if if she even if she broke up with with a i think it was and met C, and maybe C is a dickhead and you don't get along with them. There's all kinds of things where maybe you, you want to put a law, or want to put a, a boundary down, rather not a law, you want to put a boundary down around your shared living space. You might do the same if you were monogamous and maybe she had a really good friend who she kept bringing over but you couldn't stand them. We put these kind of boundaries down in monogamous situations. It's your shared living space. It's your house. It's your home. There should be some compromise there and not just whether or not you sleep in the bedroom or sleep in the lounge. It's okay for you to say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be the third wheel on your dates. So please find some way of going into A's house, find a hotel room, or, you know, give me time to arrange so that I can go somewhere else and then I'll be less bothered by it. I think that that would be an enormous help and I don't think it's too much to ask for. It is your house too and that's okay and it doesn't mean you can't do polyam. I think the other and last thing that you should do is, again, just have a little bit more communication between the two of you about what different... I mean, it does seem like M was communicating with you about how the relationship with A changed, but, you know, you use monogamy and polyamory interchangeably. You haven't really talked about or made clear what is what is it to you. So I think you need to have just a little bit... A little bit more communication and also I think for you what would really help is working with the specialist that you're working with in terms of your psychiatric disorder about what you do with these emotional outbursts how can you handle them um, you know things to to calm down a little bit you know practices even if it's just going outside for a walk you know there are ways to excuse yourself from a situation and just say I I need a break and you should be allowed to do that. You don't have to sit there and try to hold all of your emotions in and not show anything. Like that really isn't gonna help you. Make sure that you have just a, a, a practice or something you can do that allows you to get those out and then you can come back to the situation. I hope that helps and good luck. Thank you 
for listening to episode 76 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast. If you want to be awesome, you can donate to our Patreon. Donating $5 or more a month means your name, with your permission, will be right at the end of the podcast. This week's current patrons are... Laura Boylan, Chris Albury jones Duke Ellen Robertson, Nikki Jones, James Wartell, and Leo Yaki. If for whatever reason you can't become a patron because life happens, I totally get it. If you could take five minutes to log into iTunes, find the podcast, rate, and review it, that would be amazing. Helps me get the podcast out there to new people. And if you don't want to write a review, you can just leave a rating. That's also totally appreciated. So yeah, if you have five minutes to spare, check out that. Do it if you can. That's all for this week. You'll get a new column next Friday and another podcast episode in a fortnight. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Non-Monogamy Help. Our podcast music has been provided by Chris Albury-Jones at albury-jones.com. And the art was made by Dom Jung at d-o-m-d-u-o-n-g.com. Thank you for listening.